Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. So it doesn't matter what you do. So if it feels good, do it. Just do anything you want to do. 
And you know which one was more popular, right? The one that said, feels good, do it, right? And so he begins to cycle through these tests. And the first one is the test of who is your Jesus? Is he the biblical Jesus? A lot of people say, well, I love Jesus. But when you tell them what the Jesus of the Bible is, well, I don't love that Jesus. Well, that's not the right Jesus because you trust him in something that's not in the Bible. And then he talks about the test of obedience, the test of whether we obey his word. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not a works list anyone should boast. But then it says in the next verse, it says, for we are his workmanship created to do good work. So if we're saved by Jesus, we don't, we do good works not to be saved, but because we have been saved, right? One man said it's like this, P.S., thank you, God, for what you did for me, so I'm going to do this for you. You know, and I've told y'all this before, that if you have kids or a, a family or whatever it is, you didn't, nobody ever had to tell you to love them. You loved them, right, because you wanted to. And you know what? That's the way with Jesus. Once we trust Christ, we do the things he wants us to do. We love him. We obey him. And then the last test we had was there was a test of obedience. There was the test of belief. And now the test that we've talked about a couple of times already in chapter 2 and chapter 3 is the test of love. Who do we love? It's an old commandment that we love from the, love our neighbor. Remember Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments, says love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, love God and love your neighbor, right? That's the summary of the Ten Commandments. And then in chapter 3, he says you love your brothers. You love the brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you don't love your brother, then you're not a true believer. And so as we get to chapter 4, we've seen that he told us to test the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Because a lot of false prophets are on that TV and a lot of places and they're not really from God. But they'll teach you anything they can just to put money in their pocket, right? Or to get them to get you to follow them. And so he goes on in chapter 4, verse 7, and we're going to read through verse 12. And he says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved the world, loved us, we also are to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. And so he, he comes in and he, he's going to tell us three things. The first of all, that the way we know love is because God is love, right? Then he's going to tell us that love is shown by the character of his son in him coming and dying. And then lastly, he's going to show us that, that love is shown to us by other Christians, right? That people know love by looking at us if we're Christians. And he says, beloved, let's, let us love one another for love is of God. You know, the Bible says in the next chapter, he says, we love him because he what? First loved us, right? And the Bible says here in the next second, he says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And what kind of love is he talking about? He's not just talking about, 
you know, well, I love you in emotion or whatever. And, and, and if you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when you get to the 13th chapter, what you see is love is in action, right? Love is kind, it bears long, it suffers long, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and that love never is rude and all these other things. But what is love? The love of God. I mean, we say, well, we love you. But when we say we love you, it can mean just about anything, right? And, and, you know, the world says, my love is if you've done something for me, then I love you, right? What have you done for me lately? And if you are in my good graces and you've been doing things that, that make me like you, I love you. But they say, well, I fell out of love with my husband. Or I fell out of love with my wife. Or I just don't love you anymore. You know, and, and that's not love because God is love. And God is the one who determines what real love is. You know, a long time ago, I was in a Bible study and the man was saying that, that unless we knew God, we really didn't know what love was. Because the love that comes from God Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And if you know the Bible, you know there's like four different words for love in the Bible, right? There's the Philadelphia, the brotherly love, you know, that, that we get the city of Philadelphia from. There's the eros or the erotic love. But the one that's the most important and the one that God has for us is what? Agape or agape, Right? What is that? That's a self-sacrificing love that means I love you no matter what. No matter who you are, no matter what you are, no matter what you may have done to me, I still love you with the love of God. It doesn't mean I like the things you do or I don't like the person you are, but it means I love you and I care for you regardless because you know what? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave, right? I mean, think about this. I don't know if everybody in here is a believer and they're going to heaven, but I can tell you one thing. I don't know what you have, how you've lived in your life in the past, but I did some, I, I wasn't the best person before I got saved. I'll put it that way. And you know, we all have our days where we can be mean or nasty or angry or bitter. Or I was watching some TV show the other day and the guy says, well, when people get sick, they don't get you. They, they usually get grumpy, but he says, I'm not grumpy, and the whole time he was being really grumpy. So here we are, and if you think about what we were, and if one sin's enough to send us to hell, the fact that Jesus died for us, even though we probably have sinned way more than that, right? If we ever knew to do something, we didn't do it. The Bible says to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, that's sin, right? And, and then there's the commission of sin. Sometimes we lie or we stole something or maybe we were mean to somebody or we were judgmental and said, you know what, I don't really like that person. Look at that ugly dress they got on today or look at that ugly shirt or, you know, we're just mean and nasty. But, you know, we can be all kinds of things, but God loves us anyway, right? I mean, think about your children. They, they, you love them no matter who they are, right? No matter what they've done, you've loved them. And, and, and yeah, you might have been really disappointed and hurt by the things they did, but I don't think your love ever went away, did it? You still loved them no matter who they were, no matter what they did, 
but you may have been disappointed in what they did. You know, I understand that. He says, everyone who loves is born of God. See, love comes from God. And the only way we know love is because God is love. You know, the Bible says there's three things God is. God is love, God is light, and God is spirit. That means he's, these are the very essence, who he is, right? He is light. He is holy and pure and righteous. He is love. He, he, he shows us what love is, is, and he gives us love, and he loved us, right? And then he's also spirit. The Bible says God is spirit. We'll talk about that a little bit more at the end. But God, you can't put your hands on him, but he's a spirit, right? And that's why he sent Jesus. And so that's our next point. So the first thing is he says that those who don't love like God loves. I'm not just talking about saying I love you and it's an emotion. And when they disappoint you, you say, well, I don't love you anymore. But I'm talking about a self-sacrificing Loving people no matter who they are, no matter what they are. That means we love people wherever they're at in life, right? Doesn't mean you love what they do or like what they do, but you love them anyway. Because God loved us even while we were yet enemies and sinners, it says in Romans 5. We were enemies and sinners, and yet he loved us anyway. And so he says, first of all, we know love because God is love. Secondly, God's love is in, revealed in the fact that he showed us his love by what? Sending his son, right? He says, in this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love, love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In this section, he says here, he says, we know love because God showed his love. He demonstrated his love. He made it evident to us by what? By sending his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world. Think about that. Jesus is God, right? God sent his son who lived on the earth for 33 years, lived a perfect sinless life, he was spit on, mistreated, abused. Most people didn't even know who he was when he was here most of the time. But then when they finally, he started saying who he was, they really mistreated him, abused him. And like I said, they hung him on the cross and they spit on him and they beat him and they whipped him. And, you know, they showed us pictures of Jesus and they got those, that little bit of one blood coming down his face. But, you know, those spikes, those thorns that they put on his head, they could have been as long as 12 inches long. And when they shoved that on his head, they probably shoved it right through his scalp. And the Bible says that he wasn't even really recognizable. So when you look at those pictures of Jesus on the cross, that isn't what Jesus would have looked like. He wouldn't even hardly been able to recognize him as a man or a person. And that's what the Bible says. He says, this is love that he sent his son into the world. His only begotten son that we might live through him. Through that death on the cross, through his suffering, through his death, his burial, his resurrection. Now we can live when we put our trust in Jesus, right? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, right? Sin had left a crimson stain, but because he died in my place, died for my sins, was buried, rose again the third day. He, when I trust him, washes me white as snow. 
And he says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. So what he did, God sent his son. Think about that. He demonstrated who he was. Remember we wrote, we were back in John chapter 1, and it said that God sent his son, and Moses gave the law, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace means getting what you don't deserve, right? But he gave us the truth also. So God gives us salvation, but he tells us the truth about ourselves. And we didn't love God first, but he loved us. And he, he sent his son, and it says in John 1.18 that he sent him to be the what? He has explained God to us. In other words, when Jesus came, he showed us who God was, right? Everything he said, everything he did, the way he lived, the way he loved, everything he did showed us what God was like because he was God in human flesh, right? And then he says here, he loved us and he sent his son to be the what? Propitiation. Don't let that big word uh, throw you off, but he's the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation is just a big word to say he's the satisfaction for our sins. When he died in our place, what was the last thing Jesus said? It is finished. That's a Greek word to telestire, to lust a lie. It means to be paid in full. That's where we get the song, Jesus paid it all, right? And what he was saying when that three hours it was dark, the last thing Jesus said was, I paid for the sins of everybody who's ever been born, ever has been born, ever will be born. That was his part. But you know what our part is? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, right? So he died in our place. He died for our sins. He was our substitute. And only God could die in the place of a man because a man or a woman has to go to hell forever to pay for their sins. But he is the satisfaction for our sins. It says in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. But God has laid the iniquity, each to his own way, but God has laid the sin, the guilt, the iniquity of us all on him. It also said, it says, it pleased God to bruise him. By his stripes we are healed. In other words, because of the things Jesus did, we can be forgiven, we can be saved. Because Jesus did it all. Our part, like I said, is just to believe. That's faith, right? God said it, I believe it. God so loved the world that he gave his only God son and whoever believes, not whoever behaves, not ever whoever does anything else, baptized, communion, confirmation, join a church, does good works, none of those things count. The only thing that believes, it says in Romans, and not Romans, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. And then that whole chapter is about Abraham believed God, Joseph believed God, Moses believed God, Rahab believed God. All these people believed God, Gideon and all these others. And he said, time would tell, fail me to tell you of all those who, who died for their faith, but they believed God and it was accounted to them for righteousness. That because they trusted in God, believed in God, believed that Jesus was going to die in their place and die for their sins that they went to heaven. We look back and believe that he has died in our place. And he says, beloved, 
If God loved us, so we also are to love one another. So the third way his love is revealed is by us. Do you know that we're the only Jesus some people might see? If we're Christians, how do they know what Jesus looks like? How do they know what God's like? They have to look at us, right? Even though we're imperfect, Jesus wasn't imperfect. He was perfect, right? He never did anything wrong. And we're going to fail and we're going to fall and we're going to disappoint people. But when they look at us, they should see somebody that loves and cares and believes and hopes and trusts in God and loves people no matter where they're at, no matter where they came from, no matter what their situation in life, even if they did make a mess out of their life and really just did really, really, really bad things. We're still supposed to love them and and try to tell them about Jesus, right? And he says, so if God so loved us, do you hear that? If God so loved us, right? What does it say? God so loved the world, right? If God so loved us that he gave Jesus to be the propitiation, the satisfaction, our substitute for our sins, we also are to love one another. If God did it, he says, we should do it, right? So he says here lastly, he says, no one has seen God at any time. If we want love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected or made mature in us. In other words, the Bible says that God has never really seen, been seen by people. You understand that? It says Moses was hiding in the cleft of the rock and God said, Moses says, show me. I want to see you, and Moses, he says, Moses, you hide behind the rock, and I'll show you my hind parts. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, but he just saw like a vision. The only way we know Jesus, know who God is, is by looking at Jesus, right? And he says that nobody's really seen who God is, but we know who he is because of Jesus and because of the way he lived. But he says, if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been matured or perfected in us. In other words, when we live like he live in love like he wants us to, we show that God lives in us. We show people a difference. We show people that we're different from they are. You know, sometimes it's evident to people because they can tell that no matter what somebody does to you, you still love them anyway, right? Remember a long time ago, this was an example, and I, I, I was working in the, in the secular world. I call this the, you're working in the, the spiritual, you know, you're out doing things for God. And, but they call working in the regular workplace, working in the secular world, and I work for a company, and I had been in this building and I was just becoming a Christian and these people really mistreated me bad. I mean, it, it was like the devil just didn't want me to become a Christian and so every time I turned around, somebody was giving me a hard time. And I probably didn't respond real well some of the time, maybe a lot of the time. But a couple of years later, a few years later, I got in this job that I had to rotate around through some different parts of the company. And I really didn't want to go back to that place because I knew how bad those people had, had, had done, right? And I, was, I just really didn't want to go back. And guess what? 
the first place I had to go to, we had to go to each place for three months. We did like a two-year rotation. We went to six different places for three months at a time, right? Or four months at a time. And so I, the first place I went to was where? The place I dreaded going to. And I look back now and I go, thank you, Lord, for putting me there first because I would have been dreading that the whole time had I not gone there first. But I went there and I was just praying so hard. I was like, oh God, please let me be a witness to these people. Don't let me respond wrongly to these people. Let me be able to tell these people who Jesus is and let me be a light for you and hopefully make a difference in some of these people's lives because they mistreated me so bad and I'm just so scared, Lord, when I go back there, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. And so I was one day... You know, these people were always constant. They were like on me. Some of them were, a couple of them were. One day he was, one day this guy at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm not the biggest morning person, but at 6 o'clock in the morning, this guy was just giving me a really hard time. And I opened my mouth to say something, and I said, no, Lord, help me keep my mouth shut. But near the end of the time, one of the old boys that I used to work with before I got this rotational job, he, he came up to me and he said, Marty, he said, is it true you're a Christian? You keep telling people you're a Christian. And I said, yeah, Earl, I'm a Christian. And he says, well, you know, I see all these people. They're standing there and they're giving you a hard time. And they're just yang-yang at you. And you let them finish saying what they want to say. And they're just, man, they're trying to make you mad. And they're just yang-yang at you and just chawing on you. And, and he says, you just stand there and look at them. And when they finish talking, you go back to saying what you were saying. And he said, I watch these people, man, they got smoke coming out their ears because they can't make you mad. They're trying their hardest to make you mad and they can't do it. He said, so is it true you're a Christian? And I said, yeah. And I managed to take this boy in the back and hopefully he became a Christian that day. I don't know. But I talked to him about the Lord and I explained who the Lord was. And down the road, there was this other guy. As I went to leave, it was my last day. And the guy, he, he, come, he, he looked at me and he said, Marty. And I said, yeah. He says, uh, I heard you was leaving. I said, yeah, I'm supposed to be leaving today or tomorrow or something like that. He said, well, you know what? I'm kind of sad to see you go. I said, really? He says, yeah. He said, I heard about this Marty that was coming over here, what kind of person he was. And I heard all these bad things about this Marty. He says, you know what? I haven't seen this Marty. I've seen a different Marty. And you know what? I like this Marty. And I really don't want to see this Marty go. And you know what I said? Thank you, Lord. My prayer was answered. Because I was so worried that I was going to disappoint the Lord. And I was going to yang yang back at these people like they had done to me. And they already had told everybody what kind of person I was. And... I probably was a pretty good jerk at that time before I left. But I mean, they were, I was getting treated pretty badly. And I'm sure I probably acted like a jerk in response pretty badly, just to say it mildly. But when I went back, the Lord was able to use me. And I was thankful for that because that's what we need to do is show people love no matter who they are. This same guy that was... I didn't ever get a chance to talk to him about the Lord, but the one that was cussing me that morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and I almost opened my mouth, before I left, one day he was just opening up and telling me all kinds of stuff and treating me like his best friend at that point. 
I never did really get to talk to him about the Lord. That was the last time I got to talk to him. But that day, he was just really opening up and talking to me. And the last time he had talked to me, he had just been cussing me and saying all kinds of things to me and just trying to make me mad. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And I, I almost at 6 o'clock in the morning, I almost, I almost went there because it was 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was about half away. But I said, Lord, shut my mouth, please, right now. <laughs> and I went, shut that mouth and that's what the world wants to see they want to see somebody that's not like them they want to see somebody that loves them anyway that's what God's love was right he loved us in spite of who we were in spite of who we are at times now right I tell y'all before you know I'm not perfect I'm by no means perfect if you get around me for a little while you know that and all, none of the rest of us is perfect. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. None of us is perfect. And every day we should be trying to be more like Jesus, right? By trusting in His Word and praying and asking Him to help us to be like Him. And when we're like Him, then we can love others like Him. And then the world will see something different than what the rest of the world shows, right? Because the rest of the world is... I love you if, and we're supposed to say, I love you because God loves you and I care for your soul. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you did show us what love is by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We ask that you would just work mightily in our hearts, that you would be glorified, that you would help us to be your vessels, your tools, Lord, to be used to show others the love of Christ that lives in us and through us. Lord, if there happens to be one here today that's trusting in something besides Christ and Christ alone, faith in Christ and in Christ alone, and by grace that they're trusting in Christ, knowing that they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, and they can't pay for it, but they can ask God to forgive them and ask God to save them and they know that he will today that they would believe that trust in that and ask you to forgive them and say oh God I'm a sinner save me that you give somebody the ability to want to the desire to just fall in love with you today and call on your name and be saved and we thank you for that in Jesus name Amen Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, 
addictions to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free. And these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.